What does it mean to be a vulnerable Christian man? Walking through life weak and powerless is not what Jesus had in mind for us. It's time to fight. It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We are OB, Sean, Brandon, and Shane, and this is The Uncomfortable. Hello and welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. We are glad to have you today. If you would, help us reach more people for Jesus by hitting those buttons at the bottom, like, share, share, subscribe, hit that bell for notifications in the future. Uncomfortable things that happen in your life. Obi, when did you find out that Santa Claus wasn't real? When I was... 37. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming we don't have any kids. That uh, I'm assuming <laughs> that you didn't know that I still believed in Santa Claus. Well, what, what if, a jerk. I mean, if uh, what? if your actions are any indication, I believe, that, I believe that statement. <laughs> you know, that's uh, that we could go down a rabbit hole on that. But um, my, I, I think that the idea of Santa and what it resembles and stands for never needs to die in a kid. I like that. So, how do you feel about lying to your kids though? Um <laughs> <laughs> I think that what I think that whenever they're old enough to understand that it was a lie, they're old enough to understand why nah, they lied. Good point. Yeah. Good so, point. um, you know, I I I do understand the parents out there that don't want to go down that uh that road. I get it. Um to each their own. Um but again, I I I I think that Santa Claus represents um just good goodness. It's like know? it's like that uh, quote from Batman. Batman begins is like when the bat becomes an ideal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, basically it's you know, you can't defeat an idea. Yeah. I think there's a lot of Christians and especially, you know, people, I don't know, maybe Bible scholars or theologians that just don't agree with going down that uh, path, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll just agree to disagree. You know, I just, I think that it's, uh, I don't think that it's like super important that, that we do that. I just think it's excitement and fun. and, yeah. and Well, you're yeah. also, it's like uh, to a certain level, you're, Allowing them to be innocent, right, and to believe believe the best in yeah. the world, and and we lose that at some point. Yeah, and I mean, rest assured, uh, we 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 incorporate the birth of Jesus into our into Christmas. I mean, that's one hundo. That is that is the top. Yeah, you know, Santa Claus is just a neat thing that's part of Christmas. Yeah. you know, and so you know they understand what we're celebrating every year by yeah. all means. So don't get me wrong, we're not. Yeah, we're not. Uh, Santa Claus is not an idol. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Got you. I remember uh, third grade, the the kid who ended up being our valedictorian in third grade told me that Santa Claus wasn't real, and I was my heart was broken. <laughs> it was broken. I I don't even I don't. This is why my brain works. I just don't remember stuff like that. I have not a clue when I figured it out. Nor I, nor do I even care. I don't really remember either. Yeah, like um, it was just like you know, it it certainly wasn't a a heartbreaking experience yeah. for me. It wasn't like something that I lost sleep over because yeah. mom and dad were putting presents out when I walked They've out. They've been lying to you. <laughs> There's still, there's still stuff under that tree. I remember we were coming back from Shreveport one time and mom had went shopping 
and uh, I was with her, but she had done some shopping, and I went somewhere else. I think I was in third or fourth grade, and I remember reaching behind the seat and pulling stuff out and looking <laughs> at it. It's like, that's something that I wanted for Christmas. And then two months later, I got it. Yeah. I was like, God, that was confirmation. It out. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But, Brandon, will you open us up in prayer, sure. and then we'll get started? Lord, we love you. Thank you for, uh, most importantly, sending your son to walk this earth and uh, die on the cross for our sins, Lord. Lord, help us uh, to be your light in everything that we do and say. Uh, just thank you for our ability to approach you in prayer through the uh, Holy Spirit if we have a relationship with you, Lord. Lord, uh, bless this time. Let uh, any words that we speak be words that uh, hit ears that uh, want to know you or want to further their relationship with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, I got a question for you. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. What you got? The path of your life. See it. Like, looks like a rainbow. Yeah. The path of your, and, and this is the rainbow that God promised. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 You understand? Okay. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. The path of your life <laughs> and, looking, and looking at that path from the beginning to now and seeing what God's done in your life. Now, looking in your future, where do you think God is leading you from where you're at right now? Where I'm at right now, to where where is God leading you in the future, based based on your your best knowledge of your communication with with God. Hmm. I feel like that that answer. I mean, ultimately, I feel like that the three of us and Sean have probably come to a point in our lives where we feel like we somewhat have a grasp of what our calling is. I feel like that everybody has a calling. Um, and, and, you know, I feel like that God reveals, you know, what our gifts and our talents are and, you know, what he's calling us to, uh, do, you know, in our, in our lives and for him. Um, you know, and I feel like that we've gotten to that point. Uh, of kind of knowing what our calling is, that doesn't mean that it won't change trajectory, you know, and that, and that he won't point us in a different direction. Um, but man, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, because I feel like that you could argue that your life comes to a point where, um, at least if for me, you know, my life was, I, I felt like just kind of a, almost from the time I was born until God like took me off of my path and put me on his path. I felt like it was almost a snowball going downhill of sin. Uh, I felt like that I was just literally finding kind of new ways to sin and, and, and justify that sin for most of my life until I got to a point where he pulled me off of that path, put me on his path. And now I'm, uh, on a new path of trying to figure out how I can glorify him more with my life every day. Um, and, and in everything that I'm doing, it's like, I truly try to filter everything that I'm doing with, is this going to glorify God and how can I do that? Um, and so what does the future look like? The future. Yeah. Um, for me, it looks like a continuing, a continuance of surrendering that future to him, uh, which 
I'm really uncomfortable doing. So there's nothing specific that you feel like the Lord is leading you to at this moment. I feel like besides the statement you just made, I right? was about that, to that's, say that's a big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like the that's kind of a. I don't. I don't feel. I feel like that God is is really continuing to refine me in in seeking wise counsel and making good decisions and and but but just overall overarchingly, uh, I feel like the main thing that God is trying to is is pointing me to do right now is to give my future to him. Okay. And, and I don't, uh, I, I, I love, I love to, I, I could spout out about 10 different things right now that I yeah. feel like are in my future. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> but, you know, man. but, but, I, but it's like, is that for sure God's will for my life? Yeah. And do I want to make that proclamation? You know, like, do I, do I want to, I'm not saying you can't make plants, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't believe that. I, I believe that, um, you, you plan, you know, for your future and you try to filter that those plans through God, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I believe that he will kind of stop those plans if they're not in his will. Um, so, but right now what I'm really focused in on, uh, in my life is just really giving him the will for my life. And because I feel like that me taking that will, that will, not, not God's will, but the actual will of control, um, hasn't worked out well for me at times. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at. What that's do you good. think, Brandon? I think it's a, it's a great reflection question because I don't know about you guys, but I don't always like to look and see the scars that I've created and how I created them or the, the warts in my life, if you will. Um, I'm reminded of the screw tape letters written by, I think, uh, Napoleon Hill and um, or C.S. Lewis. I don't remember which one, but basically it's a old demon teaching a young demon that the number one way that believers are not impactful for the kingdom is by convincing themselves that they're doing everything they're supposed to and they're really believing the devil's lies. So I would say if we thought about the beginning of that uh, journey for me as a believer or what I thought was a believer, that has dramatically changed. Um, And that will be your point about everything running through the lens of how God's trying to refine us. You know, we have an opportunity to be refined by the Lord daily, minute by minute. Really the question is, is are we going to be obedient to the refinement that he is wanting to occur? Because we're sinful. We we have rough edges daily that need to be uh, clay in the potter's hands. If I were to say where I want my future to be headed, I'm reminded of, um, we're talking about Daniel on Wednesday nights, and uh, our pastor said this is, he says it every Wednesday or every Sunday, but he said these are one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and he says, you know, because if you're getting into the Word and you believe it's a living document, you should have a lot of favorites because it should hit you right as mm-hmm. you grow as a believer. But you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? Everybody else is told by the most powerful king, this is the Babylonians at the time, King King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, to basically bow and worship 
something that they didn't believe. They believed in the one true God, who they had already proven was the one true God by interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dream right. earlier. They, I mean, uh, Shadrach. Yeah. They won't bow. He is ticked because he is the most powerful, you know. So he brings them forward, and he basically say, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Basically, there's no reason we need to tell you why we won't bow. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Because remember, he was going to put them in the furnace, anyone who didn't. So hot that the soldiers died delivering them to the furnace. They didn't even go in it. Just wow. let that sink in. Okay, and he, I think he's multiplied it by seven times the heat of normal or something like that. And they basically say, he'll deliver us if he wants to, and he'll deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. I want to be there. Yeah. I want to be to the point to where... Even if. Even if. And... Ultimately, I think the thing that has resonated with me more lately is I can focus on how broken I am, which is where the devil wants me to be, or I can focus on the one true God who loves me unconditionally, who wants me to just be in his will. And the things that he has for my life, I could never fathom. And the key piece is, is like really shifting your thinking to realizing what you think you need is not what you need. But what he knows you need is what you need. Right. What's what we need. So I hope my prayer, as I'm in a season of life where I've become a Sunday school teacher with another friend of mine, James is very clear that the expectations of leaders in the church in any capacity, you better be buckled up. Right. And you better have your armor of God on. You better realize that it is a gigantic responsibility for his kingdom. So I've been experiencing a lot of uh, conviction there because I'm, I'm not the husband or the dad that falls in line with the expectation of what a leader should be in the church. Right. And I don't want to disappoint my heavenly father. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my semi-short answer. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to listen to you guys and formulate my thought at the same time. It doesn't go well scattered as I am already. But where my future of what I might think my future where, is. Where do you think God is leading you? Yeah, my future and the and where God is leading me. Uh, what I want those two things to do is line up, like, mm. in, in the future. Now, obviously, we don't know, right? Because we cannot predict the future. I mean, we get asked a lot, what's your plan? Yeah. What's your plan? I, what's your plan? And I can give you a... I can give you a a synopsis of what I think it might be. Right. Like, I, well, I, I, how I many quickly times? will say, well, let's assume that my plan and God's plan are the same here. That's yeah. good. That, like, that is my go-to on yeah. everything now because it's like, I'm trying, I don't want to get ahead of you, Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so like, if, right. If, and you if, know, when you do that things, uh, you're not, you're not settled. You right. feel that, that loss or that lack of peace. I do. When I try to get too far ahead of God, intentionally or unintentionally, it usually don't work out. Mm-hmm. Or, or I feel so out of whack that it wasn't like 
why the heck did I do that anyways? In the Bible, it says, uh, I can't remember what verse it is, but, you know, basically God says, why do you worry about tomorrow yeah. when today is today? is today. Focus on today. I'll take care of the birds. I'll take care of you. Something along those lines. Yep, that's it. So if we're talking about where I think God is leading me outside of that, I don't think it's wrong to have goals. I don't either. Right? Yeah, I agree with you. Brandon and I talk a lot about, like, there's there's really two main things that we talk about as far as um, in life and how we how we live life and inter- interact with others. The first one is God's commission to lead others to Him, and uh, one of the, most of the times, one of the second one is just trying to be a mentor to others, and and that's leading other people to Him too. But um, in everything that we do. Um, Where's God leading me? I think it's to be a better leader for him, which, Mm -hmm. you know, starts here. Yeah. You know, there's this, as we, if we really begin to lean in, it talks a lot in Hebrews about going from the milk to solid food, going from being a newborn believer to a bona fide, on fire, James-type, camel knees, Prayer all the time. What's camel knees? He was known as camel knees because he spent so much time in prayer. Oh, because his, his knees. knees were calloused? Okay. Yeah. So if we're truly, you know, if that's truly our arc, we ought to be able to look back and go, regardless of the circumstances, I leaned into Jesus more in this part of my life, and then I grew on that and leaned into him more here and then more here. And the circumstances don't really matter. Right. It's the reality of it's all his. It's in his timing. It's in his perfect plan. He knows what's going to happen. Am I going to glorify him in every single step of the way? And I heard something on a sermon that somebody shared with me the other day. I was listening to it yesterday morning. And he said, if you compare our world, and he said this is not a guilt trip, so just know that because, boy, it, did guilt, it guilted me. You compare our world that has more knowledge and resources to be on fire for Christ compared to a world, a third world, there's no comparison. And those people are so deprived of almost the requirements to even live, and they're more on fire for Jesus than most Americans. Yeah. And have not a near percentage of equivalents to the resources we have. They might have one Bible in their entire tribe. Maybe. And we have five in our house. Yeah, he said, you know, you know, how many, you know, within a 30-mile radius of you and I, how many churches are there? Right. When it comes to following the Lord, resources will never replace the relationship. Right. Or action. Yeah. Like this... This thing of being uh, a believer and a follower of Christ takes hard and uncomfortable work that you and I have to be willing to put in to grow. If you want it bad enough, you'll do it. If you don't, you'll sit on your butt and not do anything. You'll be lazy. Mm. You know, that's the facts. Um, Don't be lazy. 
because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're all we're we're, we're all I'm, I'm not going to say we're all lazy because we're none of us are lazy in this room not one of us yep. um but we we absolutely get distracted and um you know and you're right there's third world countries that you know have parts of the bible memorized um and and they dedicate it's like it's like their life is 100% dedicated mm-hmm. to um you know building that relationship and we get distracted. We and literally so. have no excuses in the United States. That's right. That leads to more excuses than anybody. That's right. Man, rabbit hole time. <laughs> we don't have time for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo, buddy, we can go down that one yep. for a long time. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. If you would hit those buttons at the bottom, like, share, subscribe, help us reach more people for Jesus. Go out and kick the day in the face and we'll catch you on the next one.